So I hear my two little guys down in the kitchen the other day, and the oldest one says to the little one, it's like, hey, I think I'm old enough to swear in front of mom now. And the little guy's like, I, 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 I want to do it. I want to do it. I'm kind of just listening to see how it goes. And she says, okay, what do you boys want for, for breakfast? And the oldest one says, um, well, they all have some fucking pancakes. Excuse me? Uh, I said, I think I have some fucking pancakes. And the next thing I hear is like a smash. Like she just threw a dish down or something and screams at him. You get to your room now. Turns the other one. What do you want for breakfast? I sure don't want no fucking pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Carnies. Welcome to another edition of Carnival Personnel. I am Jacques. I'm Joe. And uh, we have no guests with us. So sadly, it's just us. Yep. But uh, before we uh, get into this show, a big shout out to our guest from this past week's uh, sideshow, author Jenna Rose Robbins. Uh, it was absolutely great having a, a real grown-up like Skype on in and bring us up to speed on how the world of ghostwriting works. A- any thoughts on uh, on that? Um, next time we have to have a Ghostbuster on. <laughs> So we can, you know, and sadly we have, you know, and and one of like Jenna's, you know, core competencies, her her day job is she's a social media wizard and consultant, and she does people's websites and helps them like do PR and all this stuff. And that's when our uh, our poppy decides, hey, I'm not gonna propagate, you know, you got, I'm not gonna, because it didn't show up on Twitter or on uh, YouTube, but I, I kept wanting to forward it to people or Jenna to forward it to people, and it just decided, um. Uh, yeah, you suck. So the web decided we don't want to hear you. Pretty much. Yeah. So sorry, all you fans out there who think we're dead. <laughs> we uh, we still have a podcast. It's just it's not auto sharing to Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter. So there's literally four people on Twitter going, "What the fuck?" I'm right. oh, sorry. Two people on Twitter going, "What the fuck?" Well, and this, but that's the one time. The one time we have an active person who is very big on Twitter, who who really works it, who wanted to say, and, and, and yeah, we'll, we'll figure. We that made out. it work. Uh, I got to do it manually now until. Well, I got an email back from Podbean saying, "Okay, stupid, why don't you disconnect <laughs> your accounts?" To your, you know, your connected accounts like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, reconnect them. As if I didn't do that already, but I got the email on Friday morning. I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it. I, and then they said re- post a new episode and try it that way. Like, because if you try to post old episodes, it won't automatically share. And I'm like, all right, so I'll wait until this episode to see if this episode will be shared amongst all of our friends and. Family on so Facebook. the internet told you to turn the internet off and turn it back on. Is basically how I understand it. Yep, that's the that's as <laughs> that's as far as it goes. Uh, but it was great having Jenna on. Uh, would love to have her back on to talk about you know a, a many many things. But uh, but it was great. So big shout out and um, and so but moving on. Let's uh, let's get right into it. Uh, big big week for me. How so? I saw Thor. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it will. I, I will try to do a spoiler-free, as much as I can, recap. Um, You're talking about Thor Ragnarok, the third entry into the Thor movie series. I, I, I am. Um, it was great. I Well, I really, really liked it. I really, really didn't like it. Um, 
what I liked about it is uh, different than what you know management liked about it. You know, uh, her 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 favorite part is always let's find a way to get Chris Helmsworth uh, shirtless walking around. Uh, that's always her favorite part. And her biggest criticism is like sexist. Why is there shirts in this movie at all? Is basically her her one criticism of it. It was. Uh, Again, trying to stay kind of spoilish free because it's only been out a little over a week. Is it 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 a uh, little too goofy? A little too much? It was was his character Kevin in the reboot of Ghostbuster? Yes. So it was a little bit of uh, Kevin from Ghostbuster in the Thor role. It was funny and it was campy. It was more. It was more like the third installment of a Guardian of the Galaxy movie huh. than the third installment of a Thor movie. Oh, that's too bad. Um, I, well, I don't know. What the fuck cares? It's fucking Marvel, man. No, and, and the same thing. Even, How come everything's got to be so serious and brooding? Ooh. Uh, when you see it, it was like, I mean, look, I, the the com- If I went in wanting to see Guardians, thing, it was it was a great third Guardians with Thor, but where the last two Thors had a lot of seriousness to them. There was almost none of that. I mean, I mean, a couple serious things happened, like a couple of those. Um, absolutely turn the Marvel Cinematic Universe up on its ear type thing. A couple big iconic, you know, twists in the universe happened. Um, it was it became a, a buddy movie of sorts at one point. Uh, I will say I. I am still not okay with, and I'm not giving it away. If you've seen any posters or or uh, preview, you know the Hulk plays a big part in it, and Thor's hair is cut. Yep. You know that that for me is uh, it, it was sacrilege. It really was, and there was one other, and again, it's a spoiler, so I won't give it away. But there was another one of uh, Thor's mythos or, or core things about who and what Thor is. It is now. Um, uh, a wrench thrown into the works, but but it was good. I mean, Marvel is uh, is hasn't made a bad movie in ten years, as far as I think. Since Iron Man two, right? No, I didn't dis. I didn't love Iron Man two, but I didn't like. Oh my god, really? Type thing. But it was uh, the other good thing, a really good thing about Thor. Uh, Led Zeppelin's immigrant song being properly, you know, used throughout the movie. There was a couple times because, you know, that's always been one of my favorite songs anyways. And even before Thor became big in the cinematic universe, like when my little guys were little, I would always tell them, oh, this song's about Thor, you know, because it just, you know, uh, so it was great. So I, I really liked it. It was fun. I probably won't go back and see it inside the theater like three or four times like I generally do with Marvel movies. Um but it, but it was worth it. Are you going to get out and see this one? I don't know. I might skip it. I was never into Thor. I never saw the first two. I hadn't seen the first two Thor movies in the theaters. I don't think I've actually seen the second Thor movie. And, uh, and the other big thing, uh, the big week for me, is Rhode Island Comic Con. Nerd! Go on. Indeed. Indeed. It was. Uh, I took the little guys uh, on Friday. Friday was the opening day. It was the only day that would work like last last year and generally we'll go a couple days or we'll make like a weekend out of it. We'll, we'll go and get like a hotel with a pool so they can splash around for a day and then spend a whole day there. But this we got there when it opened on Friday and stayed, you know, they, they powered through a good like five hours of walking around. Um, the highlight. Well, so so. 
the the oldest one was a character uh, called Scout from oh, um, Team Fortress. Team Fortress Two, and it's great because it's definitely it's not an off the shelf kind of thing. Like him and his mom had to like you know go to different like goodwill type places and find like the right this, the right that. Um, yeah, my oldest actually dressed up as Scout a couple of. Halloween's ago. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, and it, what's really great in the little guy when it's Luigi, which is also really fun. I mean, it, it's great when you got a, like a seven-year-old running around as Luigi and how many people like want to come up and take a picture. But it's really cool um, for the oldest one when somebody stops him and is like, are you Scout from Team Fortress? And it's like, so he took a bunch of pictures and there was a couple other people walking around in Team Fortress things that they took pictures with together and stuff. Um, that's great. Yeah, it's it makes those things like truly, truly a lot of fun. There was also a bunch of great because uh, Overwatch is is pretty much their jam, and it's great to see you know the whole. And again, there aren't a lot of off the shelf Overwatch you know costumes yet. Yeah, by the way, I want to um, send my my condolences to your family for your loss this weekend. Oh, it's you know. It's not a total loss yet. We don't know. Uh, what Joe's referring to is we've moved and a box, like we have the box with all the game systems in it. Like the four, there's four different game systems and like between the four game systems, like 816 controllers, 19 different HMI cables and all this stuff. Um, and all the games that they weren't playing that was in another bin kind of in storage, but the core 10 games like like when you came over we did the podcast from the show and i did the random video review of the week yeah those 10 games are in a box it got put into another box your ps4 library is missing it, it the, the current yeah yeah pretty much i think the entire there was a couple other ones that he beat that liked but he didn't like that got like put into storage months before the move uh second son that he's revisited this week so not not all is lost um but the other great thing i want to say about like you know the comic cons is the cosplay the highlight of the cosplay was a dude dressed as a green arrow from the justice league tv series Mm. um and you know he's walking west and walking east is a guy dressed as arrow from the CW show, and he says, "Hi, more TV brooding of me," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and a couple other people just start laughing. They took some pictures together, but it was great, you know. Um, there was a lot of fun things for the kids. There was a whole, and look, it, it's a money making thing, and I get it. But they had set up this whole room with eleven from Stranger Things. They had like, you know, the 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 living room where the alphabet was on the wall with the Christmas lights and stuff like that. Um so so for like five bucks and, and the actress playing like eleven, it was great, you know, the blood coming out of the nose type thing and you could pose. You could also pose with Freddy Krueger. And in the same room for like five bucks, you could also pose and I don't I wasn't a Twin Peaks guy, but I'm like, hey, what is this? It's the quote-unquote Red Room from Twin Peaks. I think I remember seeing clips of that. Yeah, I'm not a big Twin Peaks fan myself, but I think I know what they're talking about. So so we we did a lot of that. Uh, it was down at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Dude, you're like the mayor of Dunkin's. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love, oh, what was it? Uh, 
Vanilla Nut Taps. The Vanilla Nut Taps are my favorite. Yeah, check out that skit with Casey Affleck. Despite what you know about Casey Affleck now, he was really good in this one sketch for uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial for Saturday Night Live. So I was, uh, I was, I was happy. You know, it was just the three of us. Just the three. What? And uh, the the cosplay from a lot of endowed females walking around also made the uh, endowed with great knowledge of uh, yes, comic books. Ex- exactly. Okay. Um, and now, so so the one funny thing is, why am I blanking on the name? The the star of the movie Airplane. Oh, and Leslie Nielsen. Uh, the the star who's still with us, uh, oh, Robert Hayes, Stryker, right? No, what? Ted Stryker, Stryker Robert Ted, Hayes. Ted, oh, yeah, Ted Stryker. Oh, I, I nailed it. Okay, so he's there, and it's like the whole row. There's the A list, like the way the way the Dunkin' Dunkin' Donuts Center works is where the AHL Providence Bruins play. It's the ice rink, and that's where you enter. And then there's a bridge, a walkway to the Providence uh, Convention Center, which is attached. And that's where the big floor is with all the – there's like three floors, but that's where the main – you can buy stuff and the vendors and all that stuff where the cosplay um, competition rooms and the different theme rooms are over there. But the A-list – and because they need the whole floor space for like, you know – um, Christopher Lloyd and stuff like that. Where oh, you, Christopher Lloyd was there. Yeah, oh, it, you know, if you want to wait in line for like an hour and a half for his. Yes. But then, like, you you see all these, you know, wrestlers, like former wrestlers, male and female, who were maybe something for five minutes, like fifteen years ago. Uh, what what I always love, it's like you know, there's so many different versions of the Power Ranger, but the pink Power Ranger from this version of Power Rangers from these three episodes 19 years ago. Yeah. So they're in the hey, you can just walk up and you know pay 40 bucks and they'll sign something. And so when we first get there, I'm like, do I do I want to spend 40 bucks to have a picture you know with him? And I'm like, I don't know. And so I said, okay, may, maybe later. Let me think about it. It's like because I'm not a picture with celebrity kind of guy unless it's like a work thing like when we were at the Jets thing and it, you know it's kind of what I do as far as that. But I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll come back. We walked around for a couple hours and then you know, I'm like, before we left that area, like, yeah, maybe I will. And then I go back and there was a line of like three or four people. I'm like, I'm willing to pay the wow. 40 bucks, but not wait 10 minutes to do it. Because <laughs> it's 10 minutes with the little guys after a few hours of walking around. So I'm like, yeah, I don't really like that. That 10 minutes would be three years off of my life. So, wow. uh, but, yeah. but, I, but missed know. opportunities, <laughs> you know, seriously, Congrats. you've had a few I quite. This isn't one of them, but, but it but it was it was uh it was a it was a fun day. It wasn't crazy, um, it was you know only like an hour and a half drive, so it wasn't this incredulous journey to get there. So, um, anyone listening to this who has a time machine who wants to go back, uh, twenty four hours because why this post the Comic Con in Rhode Island's over, <laughs> um, but if you do have a time machine and this is what you go back for, really, I. Just noticed that a lot of our recaps or previews involve needing a time machine in order to appreciate it. <laughs> well, we already just referenced Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, right. So, so that all ties. And what? And, and, and any fun in the in the Joe week? Well, it was one. I had this opportunity. Speaking of meeting celebrities, to meet like meet Mr. T at the mall. And you know, when I knew about it, I said, you know, I'll just go a little later. And I'll go a little later. I'll go a little later. 
But when I got there, the mall guy said he just left. <laughs> Thank you, Homer, for sharing that moment of regret. Uh, speaking of moments of regret, we had another full week of uh, turning out there's more touchy McFeelies out there. Hey. Oh, oh other people. Other okay. people, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> uh, so is so it hot in here. Or is it... <laughs> Let me take off some of this restrictive clothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the longest zipper ever. <laughs> uh, For good reason. <laughs> you're not that tall. That's very odd. But yeah, so so it just you know since the last awful uh, breaking of news, it's been like Louis C.K. is the latest. Um, yeah, Louis C.K. was. It came out in a New York Times article that five comedians, female, um, over the course of a decade, you know, during the height of his, well, not even say during the height of his popularity, as he was coming up, you right. know, um, working. I think on the Chris as early as when he was working on the Chris Rock show for HBO, he would, you know, uh, have women, female comedians, go into rooms with him, unknowingly, uh, where he would just, uh, you know ask them and sometimes not ask them to watch him masturbate and uh sometimes they were laughing at the t- at the same time he was coming on his stomach um there were other times where they were maybe just petrified and couldn't leave or didn't want to leave or didn't know what the hell to do uh, i think one uh, a, one person said that it happened over the phone, like she could hear the him draw the blinds in his office and then hear him masturbating on the phone while he's talking to her as he's telling her his sexual fantasies. You know, so these are, yeah, it's it's gross. But th- with, with him, <sighs> like it was two years ago, I'm watching one of the Louis C.K. specials and management says, oh, I can't watch his stuff anymore. I'm like, what? She goes, oh, yeah. And... And the the two women, the the duo, the, yes. the the team, that article had just come out, and she's like, "Yeah, Google that," and I did, and I had never heard about this, and the fact that no one gave a shit two years ago when that story broke, but now it's, and yeah, of course, now it's getting obviously a lot more serious attention, and now that more women are corroborating these stories, you know, it forced Louis C.K. to actually confront them. I mean, and he since I think he's. So he came up with an apology on Friday morning, I believe, and uh, put it online. In this apology, he actually said that he... Actually, no, I'm sorry. In the article, he said the the, the claimants or a couple of the claimants, uh, accusers, had said that he had apologized to them over the phone and, um, you know, tried to make them... I don't know, but it's... the um, Long story short, yeah, Louis C.K. is another person we can't watch anymore. Um it was a fun run while it lasted. Maybe he'll make a Mel Gibson return someday, and we won't be able to watch him then either. Yeah, but I mean, what what is what is there coming back? I mean, there is there coming back from certain. Is that the right word to say? I mean, do you can you build rebuild bridges? I mean, do you? I don't know. I mean, it, it, for a comic, well, look at Michael Richards. He had one word take down his entire career. Right. Right. I mean, luckily he has a few money, and you know what? I think Louis does too. Oh God, yeah. Between between, uh, um, you know, just just his TV show. I mean, it's and, well, on season four or five. His TV show did well, and but his also like you know when he um, he did that that tour a couple of years ago. I think he did a show at the Apollo where he sold tickets directly on. 
the internet like for like five bucks, ten bucks a piece versus going through Ticketmaster, and it was sort of like a revolutionary thing. Like he he beat the system. Like he does he wasn't gonna gouge his fans. He was just gonna sell them directly to the fans, and he made he did very well on that, and plus other things. So yeah, it's not like he's hurting for money, um, but yeah, as far as building bridges back, I'm sure. You know, Fox News might have him on at some point, and you know, I, I, no, I, I well, kid. Uh, no, but that, because okay. I love. So, so it is, and, and then of course, you know, we just talked before we went on the air, just in the past like twenty-four hours, uh, allegations against another person that we are both huge fans of is George Takei. Yeah, so a person had accused George Takei of groping him, and uh, I think basically molesting him in 1981. When he was, um, with the actor, I think, or the person was, I think, in his 20s, but, um, you know, he was 44. Uh, I don't know the entire story. I think it was like they met, they met, he met, the person met George in a bar. Then they went back to his room or something and they had a couple more drinks there. Um, the accuser said he felt dizzy, passed out. It's kind of a Cosby situation. And as he was waking up, he said that he saw, you know, he had um, had his pants taken off, and George Takei was doing stuff to him, and and then George Takei this morning, Saturday morning, put out a tweet or a statement online, basically vehemently, I don't say vehemently, but just flat out denying even knowing who this person was and knowing or remembering this ever occurring. Not to say that now again, it's always, and he even said in a statement, this is a he said he said situation. Um, so all I can do is say that I tell you the truth and say that I don't remember this ever occurring, but at the same time, I hope you, you have my back on this, you know, people who, belo- who, who think I'm the most <laughs> beloved person on Star Trek next to Nichelle Nichols, of course. No, and, and, and seriously, and he's such a political figure now and he does like a lot of, you know, he's, he's one of probably my top next to yourself my top two or three follows on Twitter. You know, his stuff is always great. Yeah, and I think because it's you've had one you have one person accusing George Takei. Right. And versus, you know, dozens of women against Bill Cosby, you know, a handful of women and who knows if there's even more against um Louis CK. Um you know, Harvey Weinstein obviously has dozens of accusations, and he's, he's right. The worst well, if, of the there's worst. A, if there's a if there's a pattern, if this is a recurring, if this is who you are. Yeah, you know, on a regular basis, whether you're a star or not, and you still do stuff like that. Yeah, and I honestly, I I don't know unless it, unless the woodwork opens up and George Takei's accusers come come out and basically say, yeah. Uh, so after his that guy in '81, I'm the '82 guy, and then the '83 guys right. behind me, but. I don't know. I mean, we'll wait and see. I'm I'm willing to give George Takei the benefit of the doubt for against one accuser. Right. You know, again, it's too soon to call. Like I said to Jacques before the podcast, this is the first down. We have three more downs <laughs> before we have to decide whether he has to punt or if he gets the first, uh, the next, you know, move the change, as you will. So, so while we're talking about awful, touchy, McFeely things, how come it's okay that Rory Moore is still not only running for Senate in Alabama, but up in the polls by 11 points. Um, Alabama? Yeah, well, I mean, and, and, and you know, going over this case and, and doing a little reading uh, this week. I, what? I, I told Joe, 
you know, I, I was going to go off on a rant about Alabama politics and what's just just in the past couple years what that place is like. I'm like, no, let's save that for a sideshow because that's more than a couple minutes on this. But here, here, I'm gonna I'm gonna bottom line it. Every fucking joke that you hear about Alabama doesn't go deep enough. If anybody accidentally hears us who is from Alabama or lives in Alabama or knows somebody in Alabama, you're fucked. I mean, there's like I do. I feel bad for anybody who has a conscience or for you know is is a decent person and for some reason is stuck in that shithole but absolutely every horrible horrible stereotype about you know fucked up Jesus freaks like the Christian Taliban um the backwards absolute you know hypocrisy of family values and all that stuff literally just go fuck yourself because uh Roy Moore you know the the readers digest on him twice and we've talked about him before twice has been thrown off the Alabama Supreme Court the first time he had uh, a monument you know um, built of the Ten Commandments and he was sued for that in order to take it down he said no it went to the Supreme Court order to take it down he said no so they had him thrown off the Supreme Court it's an elective a position in Alabama, and so he ran the next time. One again was put on. The marriage equality comes out, and he says, "Nope, not in Alabama. We're not going to issue marriage license." And again, the Supreme Court threw him off. And this is a five to four, you know, Republican to Democrat GOP, you know, Supreme Court that says, "No, there is a separation of church and state, even in Alabama." So he's one of these absolutely unapologetic, Bible thumping. Um, He's the one who brought the. Didn't he? He have the, the. He brought like a gun on stage at one of his rallies. Yeah, uh, of course, gun nut. So it's come out this week that he had a relationship. He didn't grope or hit on or whatever. I mean, he was in a relationship, an ongoing relationship in his thirties with a fourteen-year-old. He said he just kissed. And and so and they, well, here's <clears throat> here's some of the uh, the greatest hits from this week of his. Non-apology apology tour. Uh, he says, "Well, that doesn't sound like something that was in my character." Uh, he says, "Well, if anything happened, it would have it wouldn't have happened without her mother's permission." Because I, I, what is is the age of consent with parent permission fourteen? There's a wait. Is there a, what? Is there a parent permission provision in age of consent? I thought it was All, just sixteen flat. No, there are in some. Well, I don't. I don't know. I would assume, but this is Alabama, so maybe at the age of consent down there, with parent permission is fourteen. But still, what fucking parent is giving a thirty-year-old, thirty-two, thirty-four-year-old guy permission to bang their fourteen-year-old daughter? Hey. He's got a good future ahead of him. Now, here is some of the awesome, awesome Jesus asshole freak GOP people who've like circled the wagons around him. Uh, fun fact, Joe, maybe you don't know this, but Joseph was a grown man and Mary was about the same age. So, that, like, honestly, some people have come out pointing out that. Well, it was okay for Joseph and Mary, so what's 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 the big deal here? Uh, excuse me, I have to go jump out this window. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we're in a basement. <laughs> so, but seriously, I mean, uh, also, you know, prominent like other other political you know figures in the state have come out and say, "Wow, if that's true, it's awful." But I'm still wouldn't vote for a Democrat over him. It's like, 
what? So you got a pedophile running, and you and and, and now you got some people like Mitch McConnell. It's like, well. If this is true, he should probably step aside. Oh, if it's true. And and pretty much law enforcement have come out and says, yes, there's there's witnesses who have corroborated this. This is a serious allegation. Oh, one of the other of Moore's um, excuses or non-apology apology is like, well, why why is it coming out now? It's like and everything he says, I've yet to hear. No, it didn't happen. No, I want to do this. Yes, it is wrong for somebody in their mid-30s to be having sex with a 14-year-old, even with the permission of a parent. So, anyways, it's it's like... And by the way, talk about Alabama being fucked up. Why do they get a special election day? Didn't we just have election yes, day? Like, exactly. What's going on? Like, when is, when is the election for his office? And, and, what what, what, what and, Right, no, and I, I use Alabama as an... Uh, as a, as a point of reference a lot when I talk about seriously there are some places in this country that are just fucked have always been fucked and probably will always be fucked Alabama is one of the places in 1865 we had to go in and say hey we decided we're not going to own people anymore Alabama is also the place in 1865 you had to go to and say hey when baseball teams come to your city to play the Braves, them color folks can stay in the same fucking hotel with the white people. This is 1965. 1965, yeah. A hundred years later, you still had to go back in, and this is the same place. Fifty years after that, the Supreme Court had to go in and tell, you know, Roy Moore, yes, marriage equality is part of the land. You have to deal with that. It's the way it is. I mean, there has been zero growth in Alabama since uh, forever. I mean, in the in this in the fact that he's up eleven points in the polls, despite having twice been thrown off the state supreme court, um, having credible allegations that he had a relationship again, not a, you know, he he made a mistake or something awful or he a moment of uh, misclarity or whatever. No, he alleged to have had an ongoing relationship with this 14-year-old. Even Weird Al knows that Alabama is odd because in a, there was an Avril Lavigne parody called A Complicated Song. And in one segment, he talks about his character in the song meeting up with a woman who he then finds out is his cousin. And the, 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 the verse concludes with, um, should I go ahead and propose and have and get hitched and have kids with 11 toes and move to Alabama where that kind of thing is tolerated. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I seriously, so I'm quite sure there are some good people there. I'm quite sure there are people there who, I, but I, Forrest Gump. For, he went, he went to Alabama. Go. Oh, you know, and funny thing is, it, it, no, there's nothing funny. I'm going to move on from this just so I don't like have to smack my head in that cement wall over there. Go Bama. Right. Seriously. It's like that that's the priority, you know, as as long as the college football team's doing great. But again, I, I do I do wanna do a little did, more did research. They, didn't they win last year? Aren't they the national champions? I have no idea. Come on, man. I, I follow Aren't real you sports. Sport? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. My love for football begins and ends with the NFL, but So if the New England NFL. Patriots like dis, were disbarred you know, to the glee of maybe every other football fan from the NFL, you would not watch the NFL anymore. Probably not. No, 
No, I mean I don't watch it now. Like, what if they? Yeah, like what if they moved to Alabama? Ooh, <laughs> they became the Alabama Patriots. Yeah, would I, you follow the Alabama Patriots? Uh, Tom Brady and all. Who's driving the bus? Is Dicka driving the bus? <laughs> the Bears. Right. They, you know they're going down. Uh, what, what's what's the name of the plane? Um, the cra- aircraft one. Oh right, 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 right. <laughs> Oh, but enough. But I, I do. I do want to do um, a, a whole sideshow on it just because just in the past couple of years, the governor was caught up in a sex scandal where he was using government money to pay off his mistress. Oh, and yeah, then the greatest hits. Right. But then it's like the lieutenant governor. It's a crazy thing. Like he was never charged like. He was never charged. It kind of went away. It was uh, one hand washes another while he washes his mistress. Something awful. I don't know if she was 14. Like, I, that that part, I want to get the... I just know right. that I can't, you know, I can't stop all the emails coming in demanding an Alabama sideshow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A uh, little vanity. All right, let's talk about something really fun. Uh, China. Huge, huge. Mm-hmm. China. Oh, you mean it sounds like vagina? Yeah. When you're saying China, yeah, China, China, but not me saying that's a really bad Trump. China, much better. Uh, So, a friend of mine. It was raining, so it was a wet China. (laughs) (laughs) So he, uh, so a friend of mine who is on that side of the fence made me watch. Is it the President Show? Is that the show with Anthony Atamanek? Okay. So the one episode when I was over there, he like, oh, you got to see this, you got to see this. And I was surprised that he liked it. It was the episode where he was talking to the Chinese ambassador. On the golf course? And he's on the golf course yeah. and stuff. And then, like, he's talking how tough he is. And then behind the scenes, he was, like, honestly, he's begging for him. I have to have a deal. So a couple of shows that I was listening to, like, this week and watching – kept showing while he was a candidate, while candidate Trump was out there, this is the exact quote, and he kept saying it, China is raping America, and I'm going to put a stop to that. He kept using the word rape as it relates to the trade deficit with China, flat out yelling into the mic, his idiots screaming and applauding. It's like, enough is enough. You know, we're being taken advantage of. We're being raped by China. Over and over and over, he says that. He gets over there, and what does he say? Well, it's not their fault. We can't blame China. They're wonderful people. I mean, look at them. They're all applauding for me. All their kids that are being forced to wave flags <laughs> and applaud for me. They're wonderful, wonderful people. Great. We, they can't, we can't blame China for all of the... Uh, problems that have been bestowed upon them that they may or may not have caused, but still, great, wonderful people. So when I when I hear that, when I absolutely hear him say it's not their fault for exploiting the loopholes and taking advantage and you know outworking us, it's like where was the fire and brimstone? Like, and granted, I get when you're on the campaign trail, you're gonna talk tougher on this, and maybe you don't want to go over there and pick a fight, but. How sad is it that that episode of the President Show was essentially what it was? Very sad indeed. And today I saw pictures of him. Now he's in Vietnam, and he's in the traditional Vietnam garb next to Vladimir Putin. Right. And the rest of the dignitaries in Vietnam basically just sort of having a little uh, suck session. And, you know, know, and and, and, I mean, basically it's come to light again that 
President Trump. And I like to call him Detective Trump. You know, he went over there with his magnifying glass and his Sherlock Holmes yep. cap, and he said, now, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Vladdy, did you rig the election? No, I did not. You sure you didn't rig? You look like you're lying to me. No, I swear, I am not. Okay, you're good people. <laughs> wow. Where did you get a tape of the conversation? It's like, seriously, how did you get a tape of that? Don't worry. <laughs> but that's exactly what it would. Now, is Trump staying? Does Trump have the same um, hotel accommodations that not the war hero John McCain had as his seven year stay in Vietnam? Is it basically the same kind of. Yeah, he's not saying at the Hotel Hanoi, is that what you're saying? So, I mean, so, wait a minute. Does that mean his, uh, oh, what what did he get his deferment over? Oh, his arches? Uh, no, he, he had, like, a club sandwich or something. No, oh. <laughs> I forget what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, uh, I think his uh, silver spoon got stuffed up his ass. Oh, yeah. And, like, entitled White Guy Deceives he came down yes, with. right. Something like that, so. It, I, oh, what was what was that, uh, what's it actually called? Um, oh, remember that case? Oh yes, yes, yes! Uh, the the kid in Texas yeah. who killed the kids uh, with his truck. Oh, uh, it's and it's brilliant! Me. It's brilliant! Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. He was so he didn't know right or wrong because his parents had spoiled him and had too much money. What's that called? Oh, it's gonna kill yeah. me. Right, go on. But yeah, so so he yeah there he is out on the uh, out on the trail in Asia. Um, and I was, I was so hoping, I was so fucking hoping that, like, while he was out of the country, that Mueller, 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 Mueller anyone, that Mueller was going to, like, have Flynn arrested. In, uh, affluenza. Affluenza, good. I knew you'd get it. <laughs> you know, but honestly, affluenza, that was the greatest defense. But he uh, didn't work. You know, the affluenza case actually didn't work, and that kid and his mother actually fled to Mexico. But we have a president with affluenza who... But but seriously, so he's he's goes from China's raping us to, hey, you know, get, let's give him credit for finding the loopholes in our system. Then he goes over to, to Vietnam, where he is. He's palling around, and he's tweeting out and publicly saying, oh, but it was great. He wouldn't take questions in, in China from the pool. And you can hear, there was a couple of shows that were showing the clip, like, you know, one brave, like, fake news journalist woman was yelling is china still raping us like was yelling it because they wouldn't take thank questions thank you thank you that's his response to not answering questions oh thank you you know you know we're jumping over all over the place but here's something us? interesting while in china do you, have you followed what happened to um Oh, I can't think of the kid's name. But you know the Ball family, um, Alonzo Ball, the new Laker? Alonzo Ball was the—did was, the Lakers have the second pick? He was the second guy picked. He's 19 years old, played one year at USC, UCLA. But he was one of these kids at age 13, 14, 14, 15. You knew he was going to be a top-five draft pick in the NBA. His father is one of these over-the-top absolute, like, screaming from the sideline parent who knows better than everybody. So instead of him letting his son sign a deal with Nike or Adidas, they decided they were going to start their own shoe line called Big Baller. Oh, I'm dead serious. 
And it's like the whole talk was, we don't want him to come to the Celtics. And, and there were so many teams. And at the same time, his father was saying, he will only play for the Lakers. So if you sign him, anybody picking before the Lakers, he won't show up. We're going to force a trade. I mean, his father his father also played like college division two ball 20 years ago. But his game, he was a better one-on-one player. He can beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. Like that's the kind of... Point. Over the top. Well, UCLA is in China this week to play Georgetown, and his brother, who is now on UCLA, uh, arrested for shoplifting. Oh. And so there was three players on the UCLA basketball team, and this is while you know Blotus is over there. They got arrested for shoplifting. It's very, very on. Um, on China like, but they kind of let them out on bail, but they're on house arrest at the hotel they're staying at. And one of the things that a lot of people here were worried about is China is, uh, I, I don't know like the term for it, but they want you to be very apologetic. Like if you, oh my God, this is awful. I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry it was stupid. Please forgive me. That goes a long way. Um, and people are like, yeah, his dad is pretty much an asshole and it's probably only going to make this worse. So, But while his son is in-house arrest at the hotel, his father had one of those, what do you call those pop-up shops? Like, like he had a spot. Sponsor, like, yeah, like a bodega. It was a yeah. pop up shop. Yeah. His wife, like, you know, their publicity guy, like, they have their own team and they had a pop up big baller, is the name of his brand, you know, two hours away. Like, his son is still at the jail, not back at the hotel yet. And he's still going ahead with his pop up sale for the big ball. Like, say, hey, why not take an opportunity while over there? Uh, so UCLA flew back today, and guess who wasn't on the plane? So the three kids, because in China, they can hold you for up to 90 days before they decide whether they're going to charge you or not. It's not like here where I think if you're picked up, you have like 24 hours or something like that to be formally charged. Um, but yeah, they have, uh, they're still under house arrest. They're still at the hotel. But while Blotus is over there, you know, that's going on. So, okay. <laughs> That's the official Trump whistle of Carnival personnel. Where did you get that? You. <laughs> so Joe came up with the idea of Trump whistle a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's great. So, uh, and so I actually had an old ref whistle, and uh, there you have it. Done. Moving on. What do we got? Um, I don't know. I think this is a good time to stretch our legs, get a snack, kick back, relax, and listen to this week's defunct sponsor. Montana free, Pat Riley free, Buster Douglas free, Super Monaco GP free, or Collins free. What Nintendo? Buy a 16-bit Genesis system between now and October 31st and get an extra game. You know, like the other day, Joe, I'm like, gosh, every time I come over here, the snacks and the soda and the pizza, it adds up. But you know what? I don't worry about those things. Yeah, it's well-funded. Our marketing department yet again comes through with that sweet, sweet defunct sponsor cash. Yeah, we can stop back-selling the defunct sponsor bit. We get it. Shut it. We get it. Shut it. Everybody gets it's it. It's funny. We, we don't get any money from it. <laughs> That's the... That was just in my mouth. Oh, I just made and out with Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we're going to get right into... Uh, 
So earlier we were talking about like, you know, uh, social media and uh, I'm now on Twitter, killing it on Twitter. Just, just, you know, killing it. Now I'm being followed by Gronk. The Gronk? Gronk. Gronkowski is following me. First name, Rob? Chris. Oh, <laughs> That's like me. That's like me getting an autograph from Liam Hemsworth, <laughs> which I told you I can make happen. I know. I'm one step away, two steps away. But uh, seriously, it's like I quoted something. You know, I shocking responded to something on some Patriot thread the other day, and then I saw the oh, Chris Gronkowski is now following you. He doesn't just follow anybody. No, I mean I am one of only. 24.5 thousand people he followed. We are close. We are tight. Wow. So, uh, but. And how many followers does he have? Uh, 24.5 thousand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here's, uh, so talking now, uh, going to talk a little NFL and not about the Patriots. Jerry Jones, who I hate. Because, um, you know, he owns the Cowboys. He's kind of a douche. No, he's kind of a douche. Kind of. He's a douche. Um, you know, he's been the GM of the, the Dallas Cowboys since he bought them. He has admitted time and time again that if anybody did as poor a job as a GM as he has, he'd fire himself. I mean, Tony Romo, I believe, won maybe two playoff wins. And, and Tony Romo's career, since, since, since Troy Aikman, Dallas has only won one or two playoff games. It's crazy. But yet, he it's still the most lucrative team in all of sports. More than the Yankees, more than Montreal Canadiens, more than Manchester United. The Dallas Cowboys are the most lucrative team in sports. Jerry Jones is, I hate to say it, but credit where credit's due, he's fucking doing to Rob, Roger Goodell what all Pats fans had hoped that the Crafts would do. What's that? He he's he's openly openly gone to war with the NFL over he will not let because Goodell is up for some like a five, a new five year contract his contract's up and the flat out he's not on the six it's a five or six person committee to negotiate the contract with Goodell but he was allowed to sit on it. as like an advisory committee or something like that. Uh, he is. I don't know if he's actually filed, but he has said he is going to formally file, if he hasn't, to sue all the other owners and Goodell if Goodell gets a contract extension. And why, you ask? Why, I ask. Uh, he's, he's giving a lot of reasons, but his star player is in the midst of a six-game suspension. And it's been it's almost parallels exactly what happened with Brady a couple of years ago, where he got suspended in the offseason for six games. He appealed it. Um, he had a stay for the suspension. Then it was back on like every week. So we are now in week uh, 10. To 10? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, because of the bye week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so this is the ninth game. But this is week 10. And he has to start like he, it's the same thing. It would go up the levels of court. So he's one step away from the Supreme Court like Brady was. And two years ago or last season, Brady finally said, fuck it. I'm not fighting it. I'm just going to serve the four games. I'm not admitting guilt. And then you find out, well, his mom's dealing with cancer. But at the same time, a lot of it went, 
he doesn't know how long the stay is going to go. He could find out in week 14, yep, your four-game suspension's on, so the last two games of the season of playoffs, you're going to sit. So instead of doing that, for the better of the team, for the better of probably his family, Brady took the suspension. Um, so now that the Ezekiel Elliott is his name, and it's domestic violence, uh, it was a six-game thing, uh, it was one of those things where he was charged with all this stuff, but there wasn't enough evidence to sue him or, or to arrest him. But then again, this is in Texas, and he's a Dallas Cowboy, so you kind of need... Um, you need like a videotape with like a DVD commentary. <laughs> right, exactly. By his wife. <laughs> and so, so, but the NFL said, no, there's enough here. They suspended him. But now that the suspension has been overruled, like, or his appeal has been overruled, and he has to start serving it this week, Jerry Jones is out for blood. And he's been out for blood for the past like month or so. And well, Je- that's because he's dying. Oh, no, no. Oh, not real blood. <laughs> I right. thought he was like a vampire. And, you know, he's <laughs> he blood. might be. He really might might be but that's the great thing is Jerry Jones was one of the very outspoken people about you know Robert Kraft and Brady about you know what hey that's the rules this is what we negotiated we negotiated to give him this power it it is what it is and at the end of the day again Brady you know ended up not getting like the last two rounds in court they never mentioned footballs the last two rounds in court against Brady was all about the players agreed that I have this power, and and I'm not fighting Brady per se. He just happens to be the one that, you know, I'm ex- exercising my right to whatever. But but truly, I fucking hate Jerry Jones, but I love the fact that he's, like, doing everything I wish Kraft had done. The enemy of our enemy is our friend. Because, like, only one person in the history of the NFL, one owner in the history of the NFL, you know. One owner. Art Shell took the NFL to court in the 70s. And that was one of the things. People are like, well, you really don't want to align yourself. You want to be one of, like— the DeBarlos, the Morris family, you know, one of these historical families in the NFL. You don't want to be lumped with the one other wingnut who, who sued the NFL. Uh, and so... All right. Well, let's, have it. let's get off of that and let's get on to this week's lock of last week. So, so, so the Pats finished playing about an hour and a half ago. Cut the shit. Just go. <laughs> Uh, so they're playing Denver. On they're Sunday. playing Denver in Denver. Yep. Sunday night football, yep. a place where Brady, the only stadium Brady has a losing record in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The only and the Patriots as a franchise historically they they're like three hundred winning percentage there. They can't win in Denver except this past week, where you know with a limited offense with Chris Hogan out, uh, the Patriots were triumphant, twenty nine. To ten, really? So this wasn't the one loss that you had on the list at the beginning of the season. It was well. That's the that's the thing at the beginning of the season. But Denver is now on the third quarterback, like Brett Osweiler, who played great against the Pats two years ago. The Pats were there, and Osweiler, who was a backup, who came in for Peyton Manning and had a really good six seven week run, and in that run beat the Patriots in a Sunday night game. Uh, got a huge contract, went to Texans, and was exposed for basically being me or you on a football. If you or I had a six eight frame, but the same physical ability to throw a football, that that's him. By the way, how do you get to twenty nine points? 
Uh, practice, my friend. Practice. <laughs> I I, I'm, 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 I want to hear you do the Jacques math. Okay, so so <laughs> I, I'm saying there was a missed a missed field goal. I'm, I'm sorry, well, that's a, zero. A, a missed, okay, a, a missed extra point. That's none. A missed extra point. <laughs> uh-huh. So four touchdowns and a safety. Okay. So what? Yeah. So it, four touchdowns minus the miss. Minus the miss. Minus the extra point. That'd be Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven and a safety. And a safety. Whatever, man. <laughs> you asked. Hey, I'm just throwing some numbers out there. You're lucky I didn't have a letter mixed right. in. <laughs> but uh, I catch a niner in there, <laughs> and you're trailing off. But I do. I I, I think that uh, even though the defense, you know, missing Dante Hightower and a couple other pieces, again, missing some pieces on the offense and the offensive line, what it is. Denver does have a good defense, but I think the Patriots get out early, and it's one of those things. They don't have much to play for at this point. Well, and they also just made an acquisition. They did. Uh, So we're going to back up a little bit. Two, three, I think it was three years ago, um, LeGarrette Blunt. Blunt force trauma, left the Patriots in the offseason, signed a big deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Things didn't go very well in Pittsburgh. And in fact, he ended up in the middle of a game saying, fuck this, and walking off the field. And the Pittsburgh Steelers released him. Now, the way the way it works when you get released or you get waived by a team is... Every other team, in order of where they are, where they were last year in the standings, get first right of refusal. So the worst team gets the first dibs all the way down the list. Where the Patriots, you know, have been to the AFC title game just the year before, they were the, the 30th team to get a crack at him. And he passed waiver wires. Nobody else picked him up. The Patriots picked him up. Um, instantly was... You know, he came back to form. Like he came, you know, he had, uh, he got popped for like uh, him and two other players on the Steelers in the offseason got popped for like pot, like got pulled over by a cop and all this stuff. So they had suspensions looming and all this shit. Pittsburgh was a nightmare for him and a two way thing. Patriots pick him up and he goes on and, you know, wins two Super Bowls with us. Cut to today. Martellus Bennett. Uh, who was so huge and instrumental in our Super Bowl run last year and the offseason signs a free agent contract, a three-year, $21 million contract with the Green Bay Packers. Things weren't working out very well. I mean, he, he wasn't clicking as much. Um, he, he wasn't playing great. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers goes down two weeks ago, and he Marty realizes... Fuck this. And and rumors are that he was talking about this is going to be his last year, that he's going to retire. He dialed out. He completely dialed out. And if he wasn't having the best season before Aaron Rodgers went down and there's nothing to play for, he's kind of one of the – he's been a problem child. He was a problem in Chicago. He was a problem in Dallas. Uh, he comes to the Patriots, and again, it's one of those situations where – Model citizen. I mean, he had a lot of personality, great quote machine, but it really worked his one season here. Gets to Green Bay, and it's not really working out that well. So Green Bay released him, and again, because what what happened with the Patriots last year? Oh, right. They won their fourth, fifth Super Bowl. And so the Patriots were the last team to be able to pick him up uh, off the waiver wire. And everybody passed on because, again, he's not having a great season. Uh Green Bay had come out and said, oh, he didn't disclose a medical 
um, a medical situation. He had a torn rotator cuff. Look, when you sign somebody to a $21 million contract... <laughs> you do your due diligence. I, yeah. I, I don't think you have the same doctor that gave Trump the letter that said he was going to be the most <laughs> healthy president ever. Uh, but but so they were saying, look, we're, we're cutting him for medical reasons. We just waive him. And the Patriots picked him up. And getting back to Garrett Blunt, it kills every Steeler fan that not only did Blunt not do well there and just abandoned them, just quit, physically quit on the team and walked off the field, comes to the Patriots and just had, you know, two amazing seasons. Now all the Green Bay people are like, and there's all these conspiracy things. It's like, oh, Blunt, Blunt and the Crafts worked this out. It's like, no, dude, he had to pass waivers by 30 other teams. Any other team could have put in a claim. Are you saying that Robert Kraft manipulated every other owner they all who colluded. hates him? Right. You know, and the same thing. Now people are saying, oh yeah, well, Bennett now, it's just a coincidence he winds back up on the pats. Look, if you're an, any other owner and you're thinking, okay, the guy's, you know, on the wrong side of 30, he does last year. That's the thing. It's like, if he wants to play through something, he had a jacked up ankle. Everybody who works with the Patriots was amazed at how hurt Martellus Bennett was last year, how effed up his foot was, but he fought through everything. He was a, as good as a catcher he was, uh, as good as an insurance to Gronk, which turns out we needed the insurance to Gronk, shockingly. Uh, he was a great blocker. The Patriots have no other tight end. They have... They have a couple other tight ends who have been horrible this year. And so now everybody's like, oh, well, the Patriots must be cheating somehow. And, of course, now the the worst fear for everybody else around the NFL, if Martellus Bennett has the second half of the Patriots that he had for them like last year, you know, they're just going to be pissed. Like, Anyway, so that that's it for, for, for Patriot Talk. Now... Is there a Patriot whistle around that I can blow? <laughs> well, you blew that, but then I did. But now I'm not you'd touching be that. Like, no, no, no I don't blame I'm you. I'm giving that to Goodwill now. <laughs> Why? What did Goodwill do to you? I hate that So what, ta- what time is it? Time to bust a rhyme. And it's time for the random video game review of the week, where Jacques takes off his headphones, moonwalks sexily back, denying me the look of his ass. Um, to my video game wall, he's going to pull a Nintendo game off the shelf. I'm going to bore the audience for a minute while I stammer through another random video game review. And judging by the space in the wall, I can see that Jacques pulled off a game that starts with the letter D. And it is not Defender 2. And it is not, I think that's Demon Quest or something. I'm going to say, oh, geez, uh, duh, is it, mm, uh, is it Deja Vu? I think I've pulled this game off before. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Indeed, it is Deja Vu. Yay. Deja Vu is a point-and-click game. It's one of the three kind of point-and-click... Well, I wouldn't say three point-and-click games on the Nintendo system, but this was a game that actually originally came out for the old Macintosh. It's uh, made by a company called Kempco Seika. Seika. And uh, you play a detective, like kind of like a Sam Spade you know, hard-boiled detective who you wake up in a... I actually played this game and beat it. Like, I remember actually, I bought this game... Are you sure you did, or you just think you did? Right. I mean, mean, am I in the Matrix? (laughs) So, um, it's a game where you play a detective when you wake up in a car, and you're not sure who you are and why you're there, and and it's kind of like, not memento, but you're you're basically searching for clues around this environment. You like you go into like a CD bar, and you start to find notes um, 
that sort of lead to your identity. And um, then there's uh, notebooks and stuff. So you are on the case for finding out who you are. And then you find out, I guess, there's like a, I think there's like a, a crime that you are on the beat of that um, you are now in the middle of trying to solve. And um, yeah, it's like a nice little detective game, but it's a point and click game. You have to pick up items. It's like single screen environments. Um, so it's kind of like a Windows, like an old fashioned Windows game where you would see like in one corner, you see like a, a still shot of the environment. You, you can click around in the environment and pick up items. Um, you keep like a, an inventory on you. You can keep notes. Um and um, yeah, you just kind of go from screen to screen, environment to environment, um, finding clues and trying to solve this case. And it's a very, it's a decent game. This is the follow up to Shadowgate, which a lot of fans out there will know, of course, what Shadowgate is. And then this was followed up by The Uninvited. So that completes the trilogy of the Kemco. So this is games. the Empire Strikes Back. This, this is this is the Empire Strikes Back of Kemco Seika games on Nintendo. So I'm gonna guess. Uh, first of all, Jacques gonna kill me with this book, the Ultimate Nintendo, the Ultimate Ultimate Nintendo Guide to the NES Library, 1985 to 1995, by Pat Contry. Uh, I'm gonna say Pat gave this three and a half stars. Let me see. It's like he cheats. Wow. <laughs> like, really, do you study this book when I'm not here? It's my Bible. So what did he say? First line, you wake up in a dingy bathroom stall in 1940 Chicago with a pounding headache and no memory. Thus begins a story which follows the adventures of Ace Harding, a hard-boiled private detective, as he uncovers clues to the cause of his mysterious amnesia and avoids being framed for murder. It's murder. murder. So uh, does it say anything about uh, having been out with Bill Cosby the night before? <laughs> <laughs> or George DeGate? Maybe Josh, don't you besmirch the fine name of George DeKay. Uh, and now you're not going to go look up online how much it costs. Already for. done. Oh, it. oh, look at you, Mr. Research over there. I'm going to guess $5. Not even close. But you didn't go over, so maybe you were closest without wow. going over the actual price. Twelve twenty nine. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Uh, Certainly. Well, brand new sixty one forty five. Where are you finding a brand new deja vu? Right. Well, you'd be surprised, my friend. <laughs> you'd be surprised. Uh, so that was great. Um Let's see. Going down here, I'm just trying to think. Hopefully, oh, I wanted to do a review of Stranger Things season two, but just episode one. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen anything? Yeah, I've seen up to episode I think six or five. Okay, episode five. The only thing I want to talk about season two is it. It starts off with a kind of. Um, a left turn, you know, the, the opening scene, which by the end of episode one, we don't know what happens, but it's another story, completely different story. So here's what I love about uh, Stranger Things, season two, episode, episode one. one. Uh, it takes the place in, it takes place in 1984. I'm, I'm awful with names, but who is the older brother or the kid who got hijacked? The Will. First? Okay. What what Will was kid who got hijacked. What was his brother's name? He doesn't Oh, oh his brother? Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Uh, I forget. Uh, yeah, the older brother. Um yeah, yeah he kind of looks like um like a like Leo DiCaprio's illegitimate half brother. Right, 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 with the shaggy hair and all that stuff. Yes. So, here here's why I will love this episode more than any episode of any show I've ever seen ever. 
he is a junior in high school, and he uh, something um, the girl the girl from the season before Nancy the, Nancy yeah she's basically saying oh it's Halloween and you have to come to this party he's like no I'm taking world trick or treating and he's like no blah 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 I'm all good he goes no she goes what are you gonna do just sit around all night listening to the Talking Heads reading Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. In 1984, I say Talking Heads were probably one out of every two cassettes I had playing either in my car and in as uh, anybody who knows me, I'm sorry, but anybody who knows me, the only things I read is Kurt Vonnegut books, like over and over and over, like a sickness type thing. When I heard that line, I immediately thought of Jacques. And I'm thinking, oh my God, in 1984, that's all I was doing was reading Kurt, playing hockey, reading Kurt Vonnegut, listening to the talking heads. And I'm like thinking, maybe the writer knows me. Maybe I'm being <laughs> trolled. Or, or or was I that much of a stereotype of a stereotype of the, you know, uh, you know, the um, the loner, the rebel loner. kind of weirdo outside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because in 84, as much as I was a very like this over the top, you know, a hole outspoken hunky dude. If I wasn't playing hockey and, and trying to be funny somewhere, I was home listening to the Talking Heads reading Kurt Vonnegut. And when I saw that, I'm like, wow, that's it. If I get hit by a bus right now, I go out okay. Yeah, luckily I made it to episode, past episode two, where they dress up as Ghostbusters. Oh. Halloween, and it's great. Yeah, so spoilers, they dress up as Ghostbusters. So uh, wrapping it up, uh, again, thanks to our great friend Jenna for coming on the show. Um we posted. We did post a link to her book and and ask people to write a review. We're not asking anybody to write a review of our crappy podcast this week, but to go onto the link that I hope did we post or I'll put I'll tweet it out if we have it. There's a link in the description of the uh, iTunes episode of the actual episode where you can buy her book. Great, and you can read on Amazon and and, uh, and and the book is only like seven bucks. You got seven bucks, Biff. Fucking behind the book, right. and and then like click the link and, and write a nice review. It was great having her on. Hopefully, we're having um, a producer pal of mine on on this week's sideshow. Uh, any last thoughts there, Joe? What's your parenting tip? My parenting tip, um, you know what? Watch Stranger Things with your kids. Let them hear a character they like talk about the Talking Heads and Kurt Vonnegut, which makes it easier for you to indoctrinate them into the great world of the uh, Stop Making Sense album and probably the book Dead Eye Dick. You didn't need their help to indoctrinate <laughs> them into the uh, world of Talking Heads. You didn't need their help at all. Oh, what we did, we talked about uh, Vonnegut on the sideshow, the Jerry Lewis sideshow, because he oh, yeah. had done that. Yeah. That awesome movie. Uh, but yeah. last thoughts? Your, um, parent, your parenting tip? My parenting tip is do not forget 